right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Welcome to the show. This is Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know with myself, Andrew. And Mary Swartz. And, uh, I'm here to tell you something that you don't really need to know. But there's a reason you listen. Because, uh, they got nothing better to do with their life. They're masochistic. Because they just want to listen to me bitch about not being sponsored. That's a quite a good possibility. <laughs> it's a very good possibility. Hang on, I'm going to shut the uh, connecting door there. Okay, yeah, you do that. No, it looks like the uh, Giggling Ninja over here has that. Yeah, he's got it. The Giggling Ninja, he's got it. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Sorry if the audio quality is slightly different this time. Um, Andrew's being quiet. With extenuating circumstances, we have to be a little quiet. Yeah, our other co-host is sleeping. I have a couple interesting things here. Okay. Um. So, what year were you born, Andrew? I was born in 1990. The most popular toy in 1990, care to take a guess? The yo-yo. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figurines. Makes sense. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the year that Tim was born, he gets the talking Barney. I love you. You love me. That's all I know about the song. We're a happy family with a great big well, hug and a, a kiss from me to you. But mom. Won't you say you love me too? Lower voice, you know, because Barney Hawker did. Usually when I do my stupid voice, you go, stop it, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and in Larry's year was the light bright. Does not surprise me. My year was G.I. Joe. That does surprise me. Yeah, I get G.I. Joe. I figured it was fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they invented fire. Right before the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know G.I. Joe was that old. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. You got, you know, Mom, her G.I. Joe action figurines, and then the Brontosaurus to step on you. I think G.I. Joe could take him. <laughs> G.I. Joe. Anyway. Yeah, there's a song there, too, I know. Yeah. The Real American, or the... Great. Yeah. I think it's the I Great American. Is it the Great American Hero? Yeah, I think so. It is the Real American Hero. Yeah. Thank you. I should, um... Giggly Ninja. Nobody can hear you. You're too far away. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> That's funny. Now all the listeners are going to think I'm talking to myself. Great. Welcome. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So I discovered a couple islands the other day. You discovered them, like personally? Well, I was perusing the internet. Hmm. They, I, they were unknown to me before then. Mm. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you didn't actually personally discover these islands? No, I did not personally. I haven't left my house except to go to work. Okay. So the islands, the Diamond Islands, are separated by the international date line. Do you know wait, what wait, that? Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean like on this line, side of the line, these international people are like dating, and on this side of the line, these international people are dating? Not quite. No. Okay. No, it uh, means that on this side it's this day, and on this side, which is less than three miles away, is it's the day? next day. <laughs> wow! Can you imagine like? Cutting up trade between those two. 
Uh, um, me on Tuesday. Which Tuesday? <laughs> my Tuesday or your Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. It's, Shame uh, you didn't discover them, though. I know. Um, they are up there in the Bering Strait between Alaska and Siberia. The big one is located on the Russian side. The little one is on the U.S. side. There's an ice bridge that actually forms between the two of them in the winter, which means you could actually walk to the other island, although it is apparently illegal to cross the Russian border. Here's, I mean, it does make so sense. So you could There's literally no... travel through time. I was about to say, you know, <laughs> it could take you less than a day to go to tomorrow. To go from one side of the world to the other. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I don't like how today's going. I'm going back to tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Today sucks. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty cool. Um, and they are and they are populated too. There are people that live on there. Oh dear lord! Yeah, the little one has about 110 people. Um, so on one side, do they say a? On the other one, they just sound really angry. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be angry. Yeah, I can't go to tomorrow. No. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Three miles away, and we don't consider U.S. citizens. Well, you know what? That's how much of a dick we are. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> Come visit your friend. Get arrested. <laughs> Come tomorrow. Oh, that was today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. That was pretty funny. Moving on. Yeah. Um. So, in California, when you're driving on the highway, they have an extra lane for people that have passengers. It's a faster lane to drive on. Carpool lane. Okay, we'll go with that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you get to drive faster on that lane, apparently. But you are supposed to have a passenger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the California Highway Patrol stopped a driver. For being alone when he wasn't actually alone. Yeah, I've, I'm figuring out where this goes right quick. He wasn't quite alone. I mean, he had somebody in He had lap. a super realistic dummy in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's not going exactly where. Yeah. It was, but they close. said it was highly realistic mannequin, complete with a COVID face mask. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Which is the tip-off, because nobody wears their mask inside the car. Mm-hmm. That's probably what tipped him off. Yeah. Well, maybe they do in California. How do you know? That is true. Uh, apparently, the driver said that he had been using the dummy to travel in that lane for over a year before they caught him. Well, at least he's an honest guy. Yeah. Which one's the dummy, though? Leave earlier. You feel the need to drive faster? Leave earlier. No, I'm good. Yeah. I have frequently threatened to buy one of those six-foot skeletons and put it in the front of my car and then give him, like, a hat for holidays mm-hmm. to swap out his hat. I'm not surprised. It I, does, it's not going to phase me one bit. <laughs> I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. Set him up with his hands on the window and his jaw open a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of a shame we don't have video for that one. I know. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, yep. So, you know, get a tie for the holidays, get hats for the holidays, sunglasses for the summer. We wouldn't want him to burn his retinas. It's all good. I expect no less from you. Thank you. So, have you heard about the manhunt that's underway? No. Yeah. Last I knew it was illegal to hunt for men. Generally, Are they giving out tags now? Where do I get one? (laughs) Manhunting season. Someone stole a morale-boosting teddy bear. And so there's a manhunt out on the look for him? For the thieves. He's also left a ransom note. So apparently, um, there's a very famous restaurant called Greg's. And because of COVID, Greg's has been closed to the public. Okay. The thieves stole the teddy bear, which was known for holding a sign that said, keep smiling. 
and left a ransom note saying that they wanted food from Greg's or else, where teddy bears being held hostage for food. The teddy bear was last seen outside the Metro nightclub. The ransom note, which has been posted in several spots across town, says, We have your bear, Rainbow. If you want to see Rainbow again, bring me two Greg's sausage rolls to the second green bench at Gleevee Park tomorrow at 11 or else. It's kind of a cute story. Um, a little ridiculous. Weird. It's a weird. <laughs> and we are all feeling better now. For anybody who understands Pokemon. We're good now. Breaking all the rules. Yeah. You didn't pee. Your phone's not off. How do you know I didn't pee? You didn't pee since you got here. You don't know that. So, anyway, to end the story, people of this particular town don't, they don't negotiate with terrorists. They don't negotiate with hostage takers. Right. And they are you are, talking about the people from this restaurant? Because the yeah. town that the restaurant is located in. I'm assuming the terrorists are probably from the town. I would guess so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the people from the town are refusing to bend to the demands of the Teddy Napper. And as I said, the branches of the Greg's restaurants, they're all closed due to COVID, due to, due to COVID pandemic. So they can't have food anyway. It's kind of sad. Pathetic. They stole a teddy bear. They teddy napped him. If anybody who is, in fact, a teddy napper is listening, please... Teddy wants to go home. Rainbow, if you will, wants to go home. Please return, Rainbow. Clark's Greg's will open as soon as possible. <laughs> that was so good. I almost couldn't do it. That was, was. <laughs> so good. I didn't even thought about that. That is so good. <laughs> you did well. Thank you. Uh, All right. So uh, for today's national day for me, because I'm fairly certain that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, please return. Uh, Rainbow, and today's national day is uh, March 7th, National Flapjack Day. I love a good flapjack. For those of you taking me literally, no, you don't go flapping jacks in the wind. Instead, jacks get a little bit pissed off when you pick them up and start flapping them around. Yeah, I mean, you can always grab your son and just flap him around a little bit. It'd be hilarious. Rename him I will be entertained. Um, <laughs> yes, he wants you to send him a video of that. So you just share your uh, your pancake recipes with, with people and uh, feed them, and they feed you their pancakes. It's it's awesome. I love pancakes. But due to the pandemic, please try not to use the same fork. Good point. Yeah. Wow, you are on it today. I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm covering all bases so you can't be sued for, you know, I didn't know we weren't supposed to share a fork during COVID season. You are covering all the bases. I am. You are. My national day is National Be Heard Day. Which encourages small businesses across the country to make their presence known. Uh, this day recognizes small businesses in the United States as they strive to be heard over the big business-dominated industry. Um, for anyone who's not aware, small businesses employ approximately 47% of the workforce. They are unique in many ways. They uh, frequently supply cutting-edge services and products. They also reinvest in small-town America. The small businesses do much more than your big box stores. Um, they usually do things for local neighborhoods. Generally, you will find that the owners live, work, and play in that same community. Their dollar stays in the community. That's so important. Um, and a lot of them actually create custom products uh, that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Um, and then the lastly, they, they support schools. Uh, so that National Be Heard Day just supports small businesses and says, hey, check out the small businesses in your community. Stop going to Walmart. Basically, yeah, don't go to Walmart. 
Nothing against Walmart, especially if you sponsor us. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, when small businesses thrive, it's just good for the community. It's 10 cents because I mentioned Walmart. From good Walmart. job. We're billing Walmart. We're billing Walmart? Yeah, I mentioned them. Okay. For every time I've said Walmart. Okay. 10 cents. <laughs> Absolutely. We will mail that invoice right out after we're done here. I feel like we're not going to get shit, but go on. The we show might. must go on. We might. So, we had a listener who suggested we do some urban legends. So, we oh, found yeah. some urban legends from Plymouth, England. And remember, as we read them, they are simply... Are these the top ten, or just ten that you found? Ten I found. Ten you found. Ten I found. So, the first one on the list <clears throat> is uh, named here as Smuggler's Tunnels. One legend that that has spread through each generation... <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One legend that has spread through each generation describes various hidden tunnels underneath Plymouth, England. Some claim that there is even a long-forgotten tunnel connecting Plymouth Hoe to Drake's Island. The most romantic myth describes a series of smuggler tunnels running underneath the bar- BC- Barbus- bar- uh, Barbican. Yeah, Barbican. Barbican. That's where barbecue came from. Barbecue. Um, they say that <laughs> in the 18th century, that might not be something you need to know because uh, it's probably wrong, but still, barbecue is the thing. Anyway. <laughs> they say that in the 18th century, a Plymouthian criminal gang kidnapped drunks in the middle of the night and took them onto ships through the smugglers' tunnels. In fact, we know, we now know that the Hess gang, or impressment, was a tactic in reason of reasonably common usage by wars. They usually targeted sailors, but some gangs were not beyond sweeping off drunks, too. <clears throat> Another, um, that's, that's not Shanghai. Maybe it is Shanghai. That's where Shanghai comes from, I want to say. Is it? Um, yeah. Like, it's where you're basically... Oh. Yeah. When you Shanghai something? Yes, it's basically you take them off the streets, knock them unconscious, and... Put them on a boat, and, you know, when they wake up, they're on a boat in the middle of the ocean and now have to work for their life. The biggest legend describes a huge network of tunnels linking together underneath Plymouth. Supposedly long forgotten, we may never know if it even exists. But some forgotten tunnels have already been found by urban explorers, which may be a good sign. Or not. Nice job. Well, I mean, these tunnels could have been used by bootleggers, too. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine some of the stuff you could potentially find in some of those tunnels? Absolutely, there could be a lot of history. If I mean, if yeah. if the full tunnel system that they're describing actually exists, yeah, I mean, there could be a lot of history there. If they are just bootlegger tunnels, good old there whiskey might be some pretty good rum in there. <laughs> That's true. They <laughs> probably were doing rum. Yeah, years. that is true. All right, so number nine, we have Drake's Drum. Yeah. Drake's drum is known as the snare drum that Sir Francis Drake took sailing with him when he circumnavigated the entire globe. It soon became an icon for England as Drake became a nation, nationwide, nationwide hero. I know, I was going to say nation. It could be nation. Nationwide. Hero. Nationwide. That's a thing. You didn't need to know that, but that's actually how it was originally called. <laughs> <laughs> it was nation and then. Americans screwed the whole thing up, and now it's nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so when Sir, 
when, when Francis, Sir Francis Drake was dying, he ordered that the drum be taken to Buckland Abbey. It is said that he will return to England when the drum is beaten. But the drum must only be beaten when England is in danger. According to the legend of the drum, it can be heard to beat at times when England is at war or when significant national events take place. You know, honestly, I feel like that drum should have been beaten for four years. Just saying. I can't even argue with that. It should probably still be beating. Mm-hmm. Can't even argue. Legend number eight. All right. <coughs> a long-standing legend describes a huge black four-legged monster with glowing eyes and a blood-curdling howl that lives on Dartmoor. The animal has a thick, shaggy coat, surrounded rounded ears, and large front limbs, which could be powerful enough to tear human flesh. Ask anyone in Plymouth about the demon of Dartmoor, and they will have a story. Usually that their uncle once saw something that looked like a big monster pig while they were driving near... How? Wait, pig. You know, seriously, this demon of Dartmoor thing just makes me want bacon. (laughs) 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 To most of us, it's just a myth, but many local farmers fear it will attack their sheep and become a delicious breakfast. Anyway... The legend goes back as far as the 17th century. That is an old fucking pig. I mean, have you seen, like, really old pigs? They're usually really freaking huge. That is a lot of bacon. Well, we better get over there and start looking for it. 17th century? You're talking, like, 2,000 years old at, at, at minimum. You know, no. the, the 19th century was 21st century. 20... We're in the 21st century right now. Yeah, and it's 2,000. 21st century, so the 17th century was... Was in the 1600s. Oh, so that's 4,000 years old. No, like 500 years old. A century is 100 years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm great at math. Anyway, it's a really old freaking pig. Yeah. It's still a lot of fucking bacon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why anybody's afraid of this. I would just see breakfast. All day. Like, for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. I lost my place. Give me a second. <laughs> it goes that the Squire Richard Cable, Cable, Cabell, sold his soul to the devil when Cabell Cable Cabell died. <laughs> <laughs> when he died on July 5th, 1677, a pack of demonic dogs were released into the moor to claim his soul and drag it to hell. Some still believe they are on the moor waiting for their next call, breathing fire and howling at his tomb. According to local legend, the demonic hounds have roamed the moor ever since and can often be seen around the anniversary of his death. So as the stupid Americans are shooting fiery rockets into the sky, people in England are going, fuck, that thing might eat me. Unless it already has. Right. Then you're not saying fuck. Sorry, they're, they're more polite than we are. So it'd be more like, oh shite, that thing might eat. <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Larry. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not sorry, but still. <laughs> nope, he's not sorry. I really am. It's entertaining for me, I'm sorry. He is not sorry. Yeah, that's it. Alright, urban legend number seven. Number seven. The hairy hands of Dartmoor. 
The hairy hands of Dartmoor is another legend that everyone in Devon seems to know about. Of all the spirits, the entities, and the creatures that are said to inhabit the county of Devon, none are so openly hostile towards people as the hairy hands. The legend is set in an area of Dartmoor called Postbridge. Since the early 20th century, many drivers have, re-sported, have reported... They resported it. Huh? They resported. You know, everybody's driving around with a hairy hand on their arm. <laughs> Sporting your hairy hand? <laughs> <laughs> many drivers have reported mysterious motor accidents on the road passing through Post Bridge. That's because they have a hairy hand on their car reporting. On August 26, <laughs> 1921, a captain in the Army reported that a pair of hairy hands had appeared from nowhere, grabbed his steering wheel. He claimed it forced him to steer his vehicle right off the road. I have a question. <clears throat> if they're sporting their hairy hands on their cars, could they potentially be um, connected to little catapults so they can launch them at other cars? Their hairy hands? Yes. <laughs> picture I mean, this. Picture this. Could you imagine a hairy hand plopping into your windshield? And That's where I was going to go. Careening off the side of the road. You and your wife are out for a quiet Sunday drive. There's kids with just hairy hands on the side of the road. Just chatting, and all of a sudden, right on your windshield, there's a hand. And it's hairy. And it's hairy, and it's got tufts of hair sticking out all over. Maybe it's Sasquatch hands. I would think his hands would be bigger than that. Like half the size of your windshield. (laughs) I don't think that big, but... In 1924, a married couple reported that a ghostly pair of hairy hands attempted to enter the caravan they were staying in. Reports of the hairy hands had been published in newspapers across the nation, making it one of Britain's biggest legends. One of the origin, the original stories of the hairy hands claims that they belonged to a man who died in a car accident on the road. Another story is that a worker at the Dartmoor prison was killed as his motorcycle became uncontrollable and he crashed. This particular tale was related by his children, who were riding in the sidecar of his motorcycle. All they knew that their father was shouting at them to get off the bike and apparently wrestling with the controls. They jumped clear, he didn't. The children say that his deranged spirit attacks anyone who drives along the road on a misty night. So why would children be why would this man's children be going around saying that his spirit is deranged? That's a good question. I want to know how many in life? My question is how many children were in the sidecar cuz sidecars don't look that big to me. How old were the children? Was it like a clown sidecar? Cram as many in there as you exactly. can? Exactly. 14. Yes. They had 14 children in there. Good. Just saying, held in there by, you know, your mask. Yeah. <laughs> Are the hands an evil entity? Are they the ghostly form of an ex-Dartmoor prison inmate? Or are they some kind of more spirit? Who really knows? So I must now warn you, do not ever drive through Postbridge on a misty night. So just don't drive there at night. And Could you, you do, imagine being that If parent? you do, put your windshield wipers on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine being that parent, though? You know, having a clown sidecar and being like, Jimmy, don't lick your sister's toes while you're driving a motorcycle down the road. Hey, keep a straight face. No wonder he was deranged. I 14 am... children in your sidecar? I know, this is probably not accurate at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're just making this up. We're just, well, how do you think we came up with this podcast? <laughs> we don't make this stuff up, though. Yeah. Uh, we don't know that. A number of very old Promethean myths, this is number six, by the way, they're called knockers. It just sounds like a, a ding-dong ditch, just from the name. Either a ding-dong ditch or, you know, people in this area just grow up with humongous hands. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> a number of very old Promethean 
Myths and legends come from the old mines of Devonshire. The best of those legends describes knockers. A knocker is a small goblin. Closely, this is not where my head was coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> English are weird. Closely related to the Irish leprechaun who lives in a mine. The Cornish described the creature as a little person, two feet tall, with disproportionately large head, long arms, wrinkled skin, and white whiskers. It wears a tiny version of standard miner's garbs and commits random mischiefs such as stealing miners' unattended tools and food. Some of them are kind to humans, guiding them to the best areas to mine, or warning them about danger in the tunnel ahead. They would thump their feet on the ground to lead you lead you the way, but some would steal food or mining equipment. According to some Cornish folklore, the knockers were the helpful spirits of people who had died in previous accidents in the many tin mines in the country, warning the miners of impending doom. Legend even describes the best way to gain the favor of a knocker, just leave a hasty on the mine floor and they would love you. I've never heard of them before. Neither have I. I've heard <clears throat> of knockers, just not those particular ones. No. Nope. And I'm telling you now, if you leave food on the floor in a mine, I'm just going to eat it. I was going to say, I'll be your best friend, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting how I, legends get started. It, it, it makes me wonder how they actually start. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, is how did some of these actually start? They don't like even the make sense. Like the whole giant pig. Hairy hands. Doesn't even make sense. I mean, I guess if you experienced, maybe it would, but crazy. Insanulous. All right, number five. Kitty Jay's Grave. Kitty Jay's Grave is a famous landmark in Dartmoor. It is said to be the grave of a woman named Anne Jay. And why is it called Kitty Jay? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. I'm not sure. The remains of Anne Jay, a woman who hanged herself in the late 18th century in a barn at a place called Border, and she was buried at Four Cross Lane. This was according to the custom of that enlightened age. The strange thing is that to this day, there are always fresh flowers placed on the grave. None of the locals will admit to being the person that places the flowers there, which gives rise to the legend that they are not placed there by a person at all. It wouldn't be that hard to figure out, really. Just a, you know, camera at this point. That is true. Or, you know, watch them on a set. According to folklore, the flowers are placed there by pixies, which is a supernatural being in folklore and children's stories, and they are typically portrayed as small and human-like in form, with pointed ears and a pointed hat. The most distinguishing part, like part of a pixie, is their wings. Um, as far as I know, they have wings. Yes, as far as I know, uh, some people have reported seeing a dark hooded figure kneeling at the grave while passing by during the nighttime. They said it was pretty spooky. I don't know if I'd find that spooky. I like pixies. The hooded figure would be the spooky part. Possibly. Possibly, but... Okay, now wait a minute. You, me, everybody at this table has played Diablo 2. Yeah. The hooded figure in Diablo 2, that's spooky. The dark wanderer. The well, guy I mean, with... He kind of disappears. Just goes bye-bye. No, he turns into Diablo. Oh. I thought at one point in time he just disappeared. No, he vanishes. Okay. Oh, you're talking about when he vanishes? Yeah. But still, if you watch the actual cutscenes, he becomes Diablo. Okay. We'll go with that. All right, anyway, yeah. the figures, kind of creepy. Okay. So. All right. Number four. All right. Hound Tor. Hound Tor. Hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Not really. I'm trying to be PC sometimes. Is easily the most 
legendary and mysterious area of Dartmoor. It is surrounded by abandoned medieval settlements and ancient graveyards. There used to be a column of granite that was shaped like a large dog, but it collapsed in 1995. Seems spooky. The rock column was said to be a real hound that a group of witches turned to stone long ago. Some say that the stone dog collapsing was its return to life. Some even claim it to be the monster of Dartmoor. Ooh, that's the dude we talked about earlier. Yeah. Ooh. No, that was a demon of Dartmoor. Oh, okay. The legend goes like this. A huntsman named Bowerman. Bowerman. I'm going Bowerman. It just slides off the tongue, though. Once lived on Dartmoor. One day, his hounds and he ran into a coven of witches. As the dogs accidentally knocked over their cauldron, the witches turned the hounds and Bowerman to stone. He is still said to be on top of the tour. As a step. A fun fact about this is in 1975, Doctor Who story, the Sontag. Any Doctor Who fan knows what it is. It's the something experiment. Uh, was shot on location at Hauntor. That's cool. <clears throat> it is also thought to have inspired Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in The Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, I read that a long time ago. The tour is a popular. The tour is popular with rock climbers. Nothing says. Exciting, like climbing a man's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was good. That was you good. get up to the top and you just pet the... Pet his hair? Pet the cliff, because it could be a dog instead. It could be top of his head. It could be the top of his head. Yeah. You're just petting a cursed man. Good job. Unless the witch turned him upside down, then you're just petting his feet. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Would tickled. Yeah. <laughs> like the freaking earth just starts kind of like shaking around and stuff. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Stop it, it's not funny, it's not funny. Oh my god. Imagine the torment. No, no, because like being live, you can, you can move and, yeah. you know, out of the tickle. This man, if it's true, and he is upside down. Cannot Cannot escape, escape. the tickle. Oh my god, that's hell. We have found the entrance to hell. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three. The Ghost of Saltram House. The Georgian mansion was originally constructed in the 16th century, which would be, for those of who don't know, the 1500s. <laughs> About <clears throat> 700, <clears throat> 700 <throat> years ago. Or according to some other people, 7,000 years ago. It just depends on how many zeros you put in the number, Mom. Yeah, that is true. According to the legend, Saltram House has been long haunted by the ghost of a kitchen maid. <laughs> Look, you're making the dog bite. You can either speak properly or not at all. <laughs> um, correction from the Giggly Ninja. It's only 600 years ago. Look, you can't count either. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, according... Let me try this again. I have no idea where I was. No idea. Totally uh, lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. According to legend, Saltram House has been long haunted by the ghost of a kitchen maid who was once murdered there. Who was once murdered there. Are you sure? Yes. Was she once murdered there or murdered there once? Maybe she was murdered there twice. That's what I was thinking. Okay. The reason for her death and the identity of the crime's perpetrator are now just two of the house's long, forgotten secrets. What is certain, however, is that her ghost still roams the property as a hooded figure in a dark cloak. 
Maybe she's the one in the cemetery. Maybe. Yeah. We really like that person. Yeah. She glides across the corridor and she melts through the solid door that leads into the dining room, although she never reappears on the other side of the door. Another mysterious visitor to Saltram House is the ghostly child whose apparition a residence once woke to find sitting at the foot of her bed. The child said nothing, sat motionless for a few moments, and then melted away into thin air. I've got nothing good to say. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Apparently the child had nothing to say either. There you go. Channeling the child. <laughs> um, <laughs> Number two, the Tavistock Vampire. This legend was born from a rumor from the 17th century. For those of you keeping track, I'm pretty sure that is more years than I'm willing to count. <laughs> it describes a vampire like creature who lived in a secret room underneath Tavistock Monastery. He wouldn't suck people's blood, but he would break into houses and trash them. It's one of the more silly legends. It's questionable if Tavistock Monastery even has a secret room. That's why it's secret. Because nobody knows about it. It kind of defeats the purpose of having a secret room. If, yeah. if people knew. Yeah, huh. that's what I think. No shit. Anyway. All right. That one's just kind of silly. Yeah, that one was kind of silly. Number what one. What vampire doesn't suck blood? This guy. Probably feeds off of rats and He's stuff. He's a vegetarian. No. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, the ghost of Royal William Yard. I need my soy blood. Hello. Is <laughs> 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 this low-fat blood? No. I'm screwing up your house. response to any of that it was just funny as hell all right last but not least we have oh, a wait i got one more okay hit me I with it i ordered my blood gluten free is this the only color it comes in can i get yellow blood today please anybody what if i have a coupon discount blood yeah hmm. like it's just not gonna be the same quality <laughs> All right, last but not least, the ghost of Royal William Yard. Numerous legends claim that the Royal William Yard is haunted by a whole load of ghosts. How oh. many is a load? How many ghosts does it take to make one load? I mean, like, do you fill a washing machine with ghosts? Because I feel like that'd be plenty of ghosts. Or, you know, if I'm releasing a load, <laughs> that's a really tiny ghost. <laughs> In comparison to normal ghosts. Anyway. I was just trying to compare it to children in a sidecar. It wasn't working in my head. No, no. not 14 ghosts. Could be. Uh, da, 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 da. Over recent years, the yard has been under renovations, so reports of paranormal activity have flooded in. People regularly claim to hear the sound of cattle walking along the cobbled stone floor. They say that ghostly figures can be seen walking the old buildings in naval uniforms. They have heard the sound of a woman with a long dress walking the stairs. An elderly gentleman with a handlebar mustache, dressed as an old-style policeman, has also been spotted. But they can only be seen from the outside of the buildings through the windows. Within the site, many doors are known to open and close by themselves, as if by magic. As these doors are extremely heavy, we can certainly rule out the wind as a cause and that's all i could find on the ghosts of royal william yard 
Sounds kind of infested, didn't he? A little bit. Who are you going to call? Somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Those are the urban legends of Plymouth, England. Thank you to the listener who suggested we do some urban legends. Kind of entertaining. Yeah, they're not bad. Goofy. A little goofy, very goofy. But it was a fun story. Yeah. Um, I did an urban legend on a Michigan legend a number of weeks ago. Yeah. It was really cool. It had to do with Detroit, which was kind of cool. So thank you to that listener who suggested that, and thank you to everybody else who has stopped by and lent us their ear. We really hope you enjoyed our story today. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know or at tmsidntk at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at tmsidntk. We welcome any suggestions, comments, ideas you have. Um, throw, throw, throw your suggestions our way. If you have some stories, throw them our way. Um, you have an urban legend we didn't list? Hey, send it to us. We can read that on air. We're open. If you enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast and leave us a rating and review. Now, it's not very specific on this outline here. You're just saying leave us a rating and review. They could really like our show and rate it shit. Please leave us a five-star rating. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Jeez, you had every avenue covered except that one. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Anchor. Spotify. Breaker. Google Podcasts. Pocket Casts. And Radio Public. This podcast is co-hosted by me, which I think I said in the beginning of the show, but you, you know, we're going to say it at the end, too. Yeah, and myself, yeah. Mary Swartz. And all ed- editing is done by someone at this table. We can only hope. Maybe. Maybe yes. there isn't any editing done anymore. Maybe we just stopped editing and editing it. And we you just guys put just it out. How stupid we are. We just put it out the way it goes. Yeah. Dead silences and all. Yeah. Makes it longer. Yeah. So, Andrew. Yes, ma'am. Don't roll your eyes out loud. I'm making no promises. Till next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Yo, Joe! We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe will dare.